This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. I hope you're all well, and uh, I hope you're carrying that peace and calm into your the last couple of weeks of your Christmas shopping and the preparations. Um, it's a great privilege this this morning to be interviewing my old school pal, <laughs> Alison Martin, who's going to come and share ways the day around the experiences we're bringing through this journey of keys to freedom. Good morning, Alison. How are you doing? Good morning, Derek. I'm doing really good, and I'm that calm that you were talking about the day. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it coming off you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, the calm in the, in the middle of the storm. Ah, amen, yeah. And there is so much storm right now, unrest in the world, everywhere we look. Mm-hmm. It can be so easily ejected and demoralised. How important is that calm to have? Oh. You need it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you, you said to me that, it says in Philippians 4, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it as, it's like, what does that mean? It means, why why the heck have I got this peace in the midst of this? It passes understanding because you're going, what, what, why should I have calm? Why should I have peace? So, um, aye. So, great to, great to have, have you with us this morning. And uh, we'll just open up a wee prayer. Uh, and just praying that calm for every listener just to take that breath as we wherever you are listening to this we just take that pause to allow the calmness to fill our, our hearts and our minds just to let go of all the things that are filling us tension, the, you know, the busyness, the distractions, could be a, a plethora, a hundred things, the disappointments, we just name these things and just let them go, especially in the run up to Christmas, the busyness, the anxiety, so we just breathe in calm and we just exhale all our anxiety, let it go. Jesus says, is worrying going to add a single but a day to your life? Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we just take that on board. We just pray as we, as we enter in this conversation, we just release all worry, all cares, all tension, or the weights we carry. And we just thank you, God, that each listener, you fill them with peace. You fill, you fill them with hope. You fill them with, with, with a sense of expectancy for their own lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, just a wee bit of background, because we, we obviously know each other. We were in, we were in mm-hmm. the academy together. Uh, mm-hmm. Academy all those years ago, and so it's great to 
it's great to be, you know, the connection we've had this last nearly a year. Um, you know, and been able to and, and been able to journey together in a, a mm-hmm. whole different, you know, realm for where we'd known each other before. So you want to just get give us a wee bit of a, a background of your, your own story, even just just to give people an understanding of, you know, maybe the significant moments that, that help you know, brought you to the end of yourself, the crisis you were in. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm the youngest of two and I was brought up with a loving mum and dad. Um, and all I ever wanted to be was a mum. And at the age of 18, I met my son's dad and he was nine years older than me. And I moved out um, in with him and I thought that was my life going to be planned. Um, but it became a dysfunctional family and that became the norm. Um, and then um, I started self... I was on anxiety and depression tablets for I was... Um, when my grand passed away, my grand was my best friend, one of my best friends. I used to help care for her, my papa, me and my mum. Um, and I worked as a carer as well for years. Um, and I stayed with my partner, my son's dad, for years trying to fix him. And it brought me to my knees because I was the one that needed fixed. I, I learned I was uh, the persecutor, the saviour and the, the victim. Always persecuting him and then going back to save him and then playing the victim when he done it again. And then the drama triangle unfolded with my relationships with my sons because they moved into a house where I went into a deep darkness. Every day self-medicating, anxiety and depression. And it led on to me buying drugs for the street, which would I would never have done in my life. And that unacceptable suddenly became acceptable in my life. And I woke up in a hospital bed just over two years ago. And I've always had a, a, a drawn to churches, drawn to groups where there's a God, there's a faith. Um, so all these wee seeds were planted. When I came to in this hospital bed, I didn't know what had happened to me. I didn't know if it was New Year or New York. I thought I thought I was in a bad dream and I was shouting out for help. And God sent somebody into my room that put me in the path of fellowship. And that fellowship led me to putting godly people back in my path again that brought me back to the Lord. And I gave my, my lot, the life to the Lord on the 4th of December last year. And for then, miraculous things have happened in my life. I've went from fearful to fearless. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I couldn't do anything. I, I would um, rely on others for my strength. Do you know what I mean? So full of fear. Fear of self-seeking approval all the time. That's that drama triangle again. Um, fear folk didn't love me didn't like me and I didn't have abandonment issues as a child um, and what I learned is it's what God thinks of me and what I think of myself and God loves me because I'm faithful to him, I'm, uh, I'm obedient to his word and I'm slow to learn because I like to learn thoroughly and the rest of my life's going to be spent with him. Um, so. Amazing. From, from a living upbringing, ended up in a, in a hospital bed mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in deep darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my journey with you the last year, because it's been an, an absolute privilege, mm-hmm. you know, this Keys to Freedom series, this, uh, the bird that's freed from the oh, cage. Right. You know, you, you said to me recently, I feel as free as a bird. And 
you know, I knew that when you're saying that, that you went through a process, even in your even in your young stage of, you know, this is only, you know, a, a year that you've been, uh, two, two years all together with the fellowship and, 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 and you've been going to church in the last year. Uh, um, has, there's been quite a journey, a process, mm. that actually that then results in you being able to say you're as free as a bird. So, Let's talk a wee bit about some of the, the things that have that have uh, played out. Um, because you know you you also said that that you were a, such a shadow of your former self. Mm-hmm. We we all the things you were going through, you taking the tablets and the despair you were in. Right. So I was a, I was the mother of when my sons were be. So I said, oh, I wanted to be with a mum. I'd be the mum that would be doing at the school gate, walking all the other way and saying, um, and I used to volunteer at the youth club and I loved it, going all the school trips. Um, but I'd, the wee bit of fear then, and then it, it went, it, it, I get really fearful, and that's when I was medicating with the, the tablets. Um, and what was your fear? The fear of just... It was just like anxiety, like, oh, it was... Was me, I thought it was mental health for years, and that's what I justified my my tablet using me. Um, I would go to mental health groups as well to try and get help. I went, and at the end, when my boys get, I think when the boys get a wee bit bigger, and they didn't need mum as much. Do you know what I mean? And um, I, I can. So, Kenny would be at work. Kenny would be away working and things. They didn't need mum as much. The fear of being alone again, fear of, of being alone. And I, what I've learned is as well, I was codependent. And going through these keys to freedom, it's like God stripped back all these layers of Alison. I could never be myself um, straight into a relationship for the family home. Um, then when I came out of that relationship, my house became a drug den, a, a gang hut. Folk in at the weekends partying and I was never alone, always folk in at one point or another. Um, and this is the first time I'm not alone now, God's with me all the time and I love spending time in his presence but I like being out with people I'm a people person um, and what else is uh, keys to freedom is it's learned me stabilisers my mum and my gran use food as a stabiliser and I can see all these things unfolding now um, and it's, it's like you're a wee thread Alice and it's binding back all these members of the family that your, your parents have lost track with because I grew up in a household where my dad's a great man, but my dad doesn't share emotions. So uh, all that I was going through, um, and my dad sometimes had to lift me for him pub toilet doors. He would come out my house was like a gang hut. And my dad hadn't told anybody what was going on. And then that happened with my 19-year-old son, who's 21 now. He hadn't told anybody what was going on. Um, so I'm breaking generational patterns, lineage. There's also addiction and mental health, both sides of my son's family, both sides of my dad's, both sides of my mum's. So it's breaking all these patterns as well. And then even having a faith. So my brother's in an orange association or an orange lodge or whatever. Um, and it doesn't have, my family don't have a faith at all. My dad's dad's a Christian. And I remember going to his, this is another seed planted going to his house as a child and I loved it there, the peace that was there. But then when we were dinner, they were all praying. And I remember coming home and saying, we're all praying there. And I'm saying, I don't know if I'll go back. My dad's saying, oh, you'll not go back there. 
Um, but what I've learned now is my dad's got fear as well. When I watch, sit and watch and observe, he's got the, the kind of fear in him, the fear of being less than. And... Mm -hmm. I've watched this with you has been the, the impact because you having that mother heart, you know, uh, and, and, and having so much a desire to be a mum and be a good mum. And then how that impacted on your relationships with your two boys. And then we, when, you know, we went to the retreat around fighting for the hearts of children, that, that miraculous encounter that you had that, that has shifted things. But, you know, just maybe share a wee bit. And how, what, was the, what was the kind of impact that had on your relationship with your boys? What, you know, what, what ended up happening? Just to give people a picture, get a bit of, get a bit of context. So... Um, and I can I might cry, but I can freely talk about this today because I've forgiven myself. So um, I shut off in the years my sons needed me the most. And Lachlan, um, he was still living with me. As I said, he hadn't told them to. My mum and dad knew, but he hadn't told them to the extent of what it was like inside the house. And my house was filthy. I dug a wee pup because a pup's going to fix everything. It peed all the floors. He's an electrician, he was getting up to work and he was dressing his cell, there was no food in the cupboards. Um, so when I woke up in that hospital bed and um, I was in drug psychosis and I started kind of listening to what folk were telling me. I listened to learn and I learned to listen because I wanted to get well. I wanted to learn what happened to me. Um, so Lachlan, um, he'd moved back in with his dad. At this point, Fraser was living with my mum and dad. And Fraser was so happy there because he'd my mum and dad, my brother, a great support. He calls my brother his brother. He loves the bones of him. Um, and I ended up back in the bed with my mum at 39. And I had beautiful moments with my mum. My wee mum's got memory loss and me and her had a great relationship. She was telling me about when her and my dad met at the Coast Hill Disco, where we still stay. Um, at this council house and I moved into it with just a couch, nothing in the carpets or anything, waiting to get it all done. I waited about two months and that was the power of God because I was praying to try to put me in a different era but I needed to be near my mum and dad. Um, so I got this council house and we're getting things done, getting blinds, I didn't have much money and I just wanted my sons back with me and Lachlan's up at his dad and I don't know what's going on up there because it's none of my business but I just wanted back. So he moved back in with me and it was going all right. And then Fraser, he was quite happy with my mum and dad, as I said, but me being the mum, I wanted him back with me as well. Um, and they came back and then I was sponsoring, going on meetings and they were bursting into the room. And then I went for this woman lying like a sloth unconscious on the couch. And I'm trying to implement boundaries and do the dashes and do wee things about the house. And Lachlan was rearing up at me because he was trying to protect his brother because he'd seen the worst of it. He took on the mum and dad role. And one day he went away and he got Fraser had an interview and he got him all his work stuff. He had them all hung up in his wardrobe for him. And I was hurt because he went, and I shouldn't have been, I should have been proud of him, but I still wasn't in a good place spiritually. We weren't getting on and I was 
asking their dad's family for help. Um, and their dad's dad was saying, I'll speak to them alone. I said, it would be better if we spoke to them as a family unit. And I don't have contact with their dad. I've made my amends and tried to reach out to him. But I know in God's time it will happen. Because I did a lot to him when I was in my active addiction. Not even knowing I'm doing it. Um, and I ended up phoning the police to come because of the way they were speaking to me. Um, and it was like, shut up. And things, it was learned behaviours, do you know what I mean, that they'd learned. And the, the beautifulest boys you could ever meet, the kindest souls. When Lachlan was a wee boy, I remember him, there was a homeless man sitting in the street, a, a guy on his tea break, and he thought he was homeless, he was got to give him money. Um, but they're hurting and hurt people, hurt people. And I was here, so I was the target. Um, so they moved out the family home and I hadn't seen Lachlan. Um, I don't. I hadn't seen him for months. I went to that um, fighting for the hearts of our children and I get so much fit. God says to me, Alice, it, showed, it was a drawbridge on the screen. You're just at the beginning of your journey, Alison. Um, and you need to forgive yourself first. You're forgiven, not forsaken. So, um, at that, and uh, one of the pastors shared a bit of fun with your children all the time. So, my children, my sons, there's young men, they've been controlling, then they've had the sloth mum, the, the mum no training, then they've the mum back trying to control again. Who did I think I was? Do you know what I mean? Um, so, I get a message to affirm your children, and I run up the stairs and I just sent them. I said, look, I'm so proud of the amazing big brother you are. The, the grandson, see the gifts he buys. My wee mum and memory loss. A flat seat hang for on the bath. She said, two hip replacements. And it's a, just dead thoughtful, a wee bag with shoes. All the things that she loves. And they've got so much of me. They've got so much of their dad. And they've got so much of my brother in that day. Um, so I've seen Lachlan and my mum's. And I went in and he was sitting and he's got a beautiful smile, white teeth. And I just said, hi, Lachlan, I love you. And he went, hi, and he smiled. Um, and Fraser, I, I send morning messages now and again. I write letters on the computer and I send good night. And sometimes they answer, they've got busy lives. The two of them's working hard. Fraser's just past his driving. Um, but last week, Lachlan phoned. And that, that was the first conversation that I'd had with him, right? And it was beautiful. And they took on, like, my wee mum one memory loss. So she's not getting changed as often. And she's, she it was all her hero done and everything. And he's went to buy her clothes. And I said, well, Lachlan, I need to respect your papa's wishes now. I said, and I got clothes last year and she's not demoing. So wouldn't it be, uh, be pointless you wasting your money? So I said, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll go and ask. So I went nasty anyway, Mum, oh, no, you don't need to get me anything. Um, and they're getting her a sweet for her Christmas. And Fraser come round in his new car. And I'm going, do not try and control this, Alison. So I just sit and I go within and I say, God, direct my thinking, direct my words here. Um, and I went like that unconsciously to go to the right. He went, Mum, who's driving you and me? And I was so proud. I just went inside, thank you, God. Because I was always saying Fraser was like a 15-year-old due to my use and he was so full of fear. And that's God at the centre, the confidence brimming out of him. Um, and he's great. I'll get into my mum's way, him, and I'm not allowed to do any housework. My dad will say it's his job. He'll just get the hoover out and do it. Um, and I just love that. 
And I just have to sit back and keep letting this unfold in as God's plan. I know the plans I have for you, my child. And there's a wee saying I always say, so nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And I can surely see that now. I go to, um, I was away at a wee Christmas fair um, and a woman I'd went to her house growing up as a child for all my Halloween and everything and doing a table was another woman. The boys had went to their house. Her son died. Uh, her brother died of this illness. It was Charlie Alexander. And I hadn't seen Biff for years and I'm saying I'm in, I'm in recovery. See, I didn't know what was wrong with me for years. I didn't know it was an illness and this obsession and this allergy of the body. I says, and then I, I started using every day in the progression. And I'm able to give out cards for the fellowship. And this wee woman I went to for Halloween came out to my last Sunday and she went, Alison, will you pray with me? My daughter's just been diagnosed with cancer. I said, of course I will. And I just took her hands and I prayed to her and I let God work through us and we were swaying with the Holy Spirit, and I put it on all the chats that I'm in when she was there to see, and everybody just put the wee prayer hands up straight away, and then I went to my church and I put in a prayer request. So I grew up in Cowinan, which is a right orange town. Um, I used to go to the Gospel Hall as a child growing up, and my dad used to say, you just go for the free sweeties and things. So I had all these preconceived ideas of what um, a relationship with God is. Of religion, it's no, it's a, a relationship with God, my Uber Father in heaven. Um, and I just, I'm so grateful for everything in my life today. Do you know, I'm, I live day to day, but God always provides food. Um, and he's like that this morning. I'm up during the night because I was frozen, loaded with the cold. So I'm up hoovering, gutting all my room. Bring your desk and that up to your room, Alison. Just use one room now. Compact it. Gives me these wee intuitive thoughts all the time. But amazing, Alice. And I mean, just hearing the play, uh, I feel a place for your son to drop your place, you know, and how God is a restorer. Mm. All the years that were wasted, everything that's been lost, everything that's stolen through those, mm. those lost years, in a sense, that he's able to restore back everything as long as we walk and that's a, that's that's the difficult part because people uh, people want we want the reward without the process we want the we want the we want the great relationships without the effort and uh, you know and I, and I just got a sense before we come on this morning you know the things that you've said to me about we can't underestimate how important what it is you're saying, because you're you're saying I'm as free as a bird. I have had healing. Mm -hmm. I've been able to forgive myself in the midst of this, which could which could have defiled and infected the rest of your life. It could have hardened. Oh, I mean, I've known folk that are that are, that are dying in the in their in their in the contamination of their hearts, the, the, the things that have contaminated their lives. They're mm -hmm. dying in it because of it. They're, they're overdosing. They're they're they're, they're they're so hard and so bitter that their life's just end up destroying themselves. So that is, you can't underestimate how important that key was of forgiving yourself. And that, you, you know, you mentioned the 11 step of the 12 step programs about that through prayer and meditation, we've sought to improve our conscious contact Complete. with mm -hmm. God. And that, that thing, you know, because I wish it was me to say that I was saying that today before I was going, knowing you, the, the way that God was able to 
say one thing to you that one word for God can change your life. And it was one, literally one sentence. Alison, you've not forgiven yourself. <laughs> oh. And I mean, the, 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 how, how much of a change that resulted in because when we, when we are holding on to all that, we act, we, that motivates our actions, all that guilt, regret, uh, shame. It, it, it leads to all sorts of, you know, panicky, maybe impulsive actions that are only based on peace, only based on rest. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've watched with you. That is the, the miracle that that is, that that has released your heart in. It's, it's only God. Mm-hmm. You know? And it, I was away at a retreat. It was, a, it was all ladies. Um, and it was at Trackairn. It's a very spiritual place. It's run by uh, Brother Patrick and that. And we'll get put into these wee breakout rooms. And it was like God's plan. I went in with these four women. Who do you still resent? And every one of them shared they still resented their mum. And I'd never been able to cry for a come into recovery, and I used to be like a Christmas card. And my brother would say, don't tell her, Alison, because I would, I would go, oh, I made everything about me and how I was feeling, no thoughts for MDLs. Um, and I could a right heart to cry. And that was another bit of healing uh, for me. And it was it was beautiful because that's when, after that, that's when I, I got to speak to Lachlan on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I pray, I pray all the time. I just want to cuddle my big boy. I just want to cuddle him. God, my sons have had abandonment, have had rejection. I don't want them taking it into relationships. And Lachlan's got a beautiful girlfriend. Um, and it's like, I need to just keep doing me and be patient in the Lord. Amazing. And then the last thing that is beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and the timing of that, just the set, the sense I got there of God's timing. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody else, and they, 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 there was a there was a bit of a reconciliation and a relationship, but it, it only happened when this person had changed. Aye, and that was it. Struck me. I thought that 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 was profound. That the reconciliation was happened when the person had made the changes that they needed to make, and that's almost like. The release for you meant that you're there free. You're, you're, you're not carrying all this baggage into that relationship that your son would have then caused more damage. You know, so the, the last thing to touch on is, again, another utterly miraculous thing that, we, you know, we, 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 we say things, but people need to actually understand. This isn't a fairy tale. This, actually, this is actually happening in somebody's life, who was full of fear, and now you're saying, I have got peace that, I, that is, that just, that you, you know, I just don't know. <laughs> it passes understanding. Share a wee bit about that, just to close, Alison. Full of fear. Um, so I was always fearful of stronger personalities than me. Fear, I don't know how, like fear, of maybe somebody was going to hit me or something. I don't know how I had that. Like, I had it as a child, see if a helicopter was out. I'd be like, ah, shaking. My dad worked in ICI. And I remember him going away to the night shift one night in his wee bike in a helicopter. My mum loved true crime, true detective growing up. She would watch all the Myra Hindley things and all that. And I was just always 
Villa Fear and this night this helicopter suit and I'm running up shouting, lock the windows, lock the doors. There's a helicopter because I was feared somebody would escape for the jail or something. Oh, honestly. Um, so I just always had this fear growing up. Um, that was it. Yeah, and so, and also what you communicated at the beginning was the, 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 the pills, the medication you were taking for anxiety, for fear, for depression. Mm-hmm. All that is all, it's all interlinked. So this kind of kind of underestimate you're saying now, I'm no longer controlled by fear. That mm-hmm. is a utter miracle. It's, it is a miracle of God mm-hmm. that your mind is no longer dominated by fear. It's dominated by peace. It's dominated by calmness. It's dominated by joy. You know that's what that's what the world is crying out for. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never laughed so much. I've been so freed up and laughed. Um, so much and it's like the joy of the Lord be a blessing and know a lesson in folks lives today as well Amazing Alison so I'm just going to ask you to just uh, pose with a bit of wee prayer right. and, and just for, for those listening just uh, share, 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 share a wee prayer or a blessing on them please Oh Father God I come before you with a loving and grateful heart and I thank you for that wee seed that you planted in me all the years ago. And I will not regret my past journey, Father God, but I will not shut the door in it. I'll use it as an asset. And I thank you that your face shines upon me every day and I'm able to tell people about the might of what you've done in my life and you've still to do, Father God. I pray you just keep continuing to wrap that angel wing a blessing around about my sons. I pray, pray you prepare hearts, look fertile soil to heal this word today, Father God, for what you can do in your people's lives. And I leave all this in your mighty name, Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighters.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.